Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Madcap DC. I'm David Ross. And I'm Daniel Bloom. First and foremost, I want to apologize for our brief hiatus. I'd love to throw an excuse out there, but I can't. The truth is, we simply just can't get our shit together. But we're back, fresher than ever. I wish you could also see Dan Bloom's Bronze Miracle. The sun has massaged his skin, and as for me, I feel so good on this Friday morning. I might even put my penis to the microphones. But before that special event, We've got a unique show for you today. We've <laughs> got a live act tonight. What? Don't we have a unique show? Starting <laughs> off like that, my God. Two highly esteemed musicians, Curtis Osso on upright bass and Jonathan Parker on saxophone, both performing in the studio with us today. They're here to talk music. And following this, we'll be Skyping with writer Emily Macher to talk about an intriguing piece she wrote in the Washington Post about Generation Y. And also, we'll discuss new domesticity, which is the topic of her book to be published by Free Press at Simon & Schuster in 2013. Curtis and Jonathan, would you please do the honors? Excellent, fellas. It sounds good. Woo! All right. That was beautiful. Yeah, that sounds really good. That sounds really good. All right. Now we're going to invite these two gentlemen onto the mic. Yes. We'll be back in a moment. I'm going to test this out right quick on you. Now keep in mind that I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. Oh, yeah. Jonathan's snapping pictures like Ansel Adams over there. 
Feel free. It's a it's oh, a beautiful yeah. scene. David's taking some glamour shots in here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got me in trouble. How so? With the lawyers? <laughs> did, the, did the lawyers tell you to take him down? <laughs> they always tell me to do something. I believe it. Gentlemen, what <laughs> wait, was... Wait what? a minute, wait, wait. Curtis is in the middle of a oh, photo shoot. Yeah. Do you want it to look nonchalant or do you want it to be an action? This is great. So now we're actually talking to you. So take his picture. Okay. Because as okay. you take this picture, it's a legitimate action, action shot. Are we on the air right now? We are very much on the air. Oh, wow. And by on the air, we mean, it means that light is on. <laughs> <laughs> when that light is on, it yeah. means you're on the air. Right. So in whatever context you want that to mean... Well, we're live to two million people, right? That kind of thing. Without question, twenty million. Twenty actually. million. Sorry. I'm oh. surprised you didn't know that. Twenty-two. David, you want to start us off? <laughs> yes, General. First of all, what was the name of that piece you all just played? You wanna? Uh, the turnaround by Ornette Coleman. Turnaround by Ornette Coleman. Tell us more about Ornette Coleman. Why don't you feel that, Jonathan? <laughs> a name, a name that I know, a name that many listeners may know but might might not know anything about. Well, he's a sax player, and so our. So, sax so player I in the studio. Talk about him, I guess. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Um, I mean, yeah, he's a uh, a saxophone player, uh, as Grant has mentioned <laughs> before. Um, I think he, I, I guess he kind of burst onto the the New York scene back in it was probably around the '60s or so. Um, he's kind of credited. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he, you know, how true the claims are, but I mean, he was sort of like at the forefront of like the free jazz movement, um, recording a couple albums uh, that. Uh, you know, okay. free jazz. So the turnaround, what does that mean to you guys? What, what does it mean to you musically? What does it mean conceptually? What is the song, the turnaround, mean the, to the, it? the title, the music, the the form of it? What, what what inspires you about that piece? I have no idea what <laughs> what the, the turnaround is supposed to be in reference to. <laughs> Mus- musically, well, actually, maybe. Well, no, in this I, song, well, it, it, a, a turnaround is a part of a song that will take you back to the beginning of the song, so it'll occur at the end of it, mm-hmm. and in a sense, turn around, I guess. So, like like, like in the traditional blues form, and that, that song was a blues, and uh, in the traditional sense, you know, a, a, the blues is 12 measures long, and it's broken down into uh, three different four-bar four segments. And so you've got the first four bars where you have the one chord... I don't. I don't want to go. Too, go. Too no. Deep. No. This yeah. is and exactly then, why we have then, you here. And then the, the the second four bars, you go to the four chord, and then the the last four bars, you have some sort of as we call it, the turnaround, where it takes you back to the one chord, and it's usually like a the four five one progression or the two five one progression. Um, and in this case, uh, Ornette wrote a different kind of uh, turnaround, which isn't like a simple you know two five one sort of thing. So, I I know that's probably my best guess why he called it the turnaround that song because of that unusual turnaround. So I'm curious <laughs> how each of you two guys got started playing the instrument that you play. Uh-huh. Curtis? Yeah, um, I come from a musical family. My father is also a bass player. I kind of started playing the bass at, before I even knew what was what was what or whether or not it would be cool or not if I played the same instrument as my father. I, I, don't, I don't know. I started playing piano when I was five, so that had a lot to do with it. My mother is a cello player. My brother's a drummer, so... It came naturally. Do you like playing with your brother? I do. Yeah, he's That's a loaded he's, question. Yeah. Well, how loaded? I mean. All right. Sorry. Un- I, I unpack was, it. I was, no, never mind. <laughs> I I just I have a dirty mind. Oh, you <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Do you enjoy playing music with your brother? <laughs> yeah, you should be more, be more I will. I'm sorry. That's my responsibility as the communicator. Yes. To be understood. Okay. Go on. I absolutely do. And not, now that you mention it, I'll be playing music with my brother tomorrow and Sunday. For two live shows, one at Hard Times Cafe in Alexandria, Virginia, and the second one at Twins Jazz on 14th Street and U Street in Washington, D.C. Very cool. Both of them start around eight. But yeah, yes. he's a drummer in the area. He works, he works around. He teaches, he teaches a lot. He um, plays a lot. I don't know. He's uh, he plays every Monday, right at Trist. Mm-hmm. Ah, I love yeah. Trist. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's one of our favorite spots. Mm. Uh, Jonathan, your yes. story, your backstory about the saxophone. Um, my backstory. Well, I um I think I started probably when most uh when when most kids start in uh school, probably like 5th or 6th grade. Bill Clinton elected? Yeah, that, that I mean that that was kind of uh the moment for me when I was just like this guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> he gets speeders in the oh, never mind. Um no, no, I I I I, I, I had a friend uh a, a I guess I'm not really friends with him anymore. We lost touch. But uh, back in fifth grade, uh, we were fairly close, and he started playing uh, the alto saxophone, and I remember going over to his house, and he 
he would play it for me. And he was one of these, like a wonder kid who could really do anything he put his mind to. And I don't think he's playing music anymore, but he was just so good on the instrument. And, you know, from that first time I heard him play, I was like, I, you know, I want to do this too. And so I just kind of, you know, took off and in high school, I uh, switched teachers. Uh, my old teacher, um, being, being from the DC area, there's a, uh, you know, a lot of service bands, whether it's like the, the Navy, uh, you know, the Navy uh, concert band or the Army Blues band or whatever. Um, and my old teacher, she left, and then uh, I got hooked up with a, uh, one of the saxophone players in the Commodore's Jazz Ensemble. So he kind of steered me in the direction of uh, playing jazz. And okay. yeah, well, the rest is history. Wh- where in D.C. are you from? Um, Alexandria, Virginia. Alexandria, Virginia. Okay. That's, That's a good. fine answer. I'm from Virginia, what ain't shit to do but cook. Well, in the past, I've told people, uh, I, it's like, like uh, if, if you're living outside of Yeah, we know the that DC dichotomy. Area. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm from D.C., well, but then every once in a while, you meet somebody who's from D.C., and you're like, oh, where are you from? And then you'll be like, um, Georgetown? Oh, where, where about in Georgetown? You know, and then I yeah. don't know, and it's uh, really bad. <laughs> then so then it's I don't to know. just fess up. You know, Alexandria. Yeah, I claim D.C. all the time, and then a Marylander pressed me on that, and I told him that I was from Tacoma Park. And he was like, well, don't you have any Maryland pride? And that made me feel bad because I do have Maryland pride, but it's just shorthand to say you're from D.C. So Right, exactly. You have Tacoma Park pride, not really Maryland pride. <laughs> through and through, all day, every day. Exactly. So how did you two meet? Um, we met at Oberlin Conservatory where we both went to college. Oh, oh snap. Mm-hmm. Very well thought of program. People mm-hmm. seem to like it. Do you guys enjoy that? Absolutely. Yeah. I loved yeah, it. Sure. We were separated by a couple of years. We actually didn't hang out that much in, at Oberlin. I kind of, yeah. I don't know if I had the highest opinion of you actually at yeah. Oberlin. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> Curtis was one of the cool kids. I was, we, no, I'm just I'm just. Yeah, underclassmen, you always get swirlies and stuff from the. Uh, swirlies. Good old fashioned swirlies. Yeah. Oh, that man. Good. That was college for me. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys both went to Oberlin, but you were separated by a couple of years. Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I was two years ahead of him, and then a, after that, um, the, the at Oberlin, I think we were aware we were both from the DC area. I myself, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland. Rep so it. I also. Well, yes. Okay. Rep yeah. it. That's right. White Oak, very near. Yeah. White very Oak. Near David. <laughs> you Yo. didn't grow up in White Oak. Yes, I did. Chris David. Chris David. All right. Not <laughs> yeah. Big time would... bowling alley over in White Oak. There was. Plen- oh, it's still there. It's chugging along. Uh, really, that there was yes. a there was a Chinese restaurant in there. Hunan Manor still. Hunan there. Manor. There's still a Boston there. market over there. I know it well. It's still there. All that stuff's still there. Uh, Chef Theo's. <laughs> <laughs> so and David, you lived in like the musical district too. Oh yeah. Everything was named Sonata and Prelude. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. Prelude Drive. I know Bar- about Prelude. Baroque Drive. Square. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Symphony Woods. It was nuts. Yeah. Symphony Woods. That's yeah. beautiful. Like yeah. a fable could happen there. Yeah, but I mean, there was not, there was like not that many musical people that came out of it. No, no, no. So I want to know, <laughs> right. take take us from the place where you graduate from Oberlin, and you guys know that you're both from DC, to how in the world you end up on the other side of this globe. Um. Well, there was a connection from Oberlin to Shanghai, China, in which a mutual friend of ours had gone to a master class at Oberlin from somebody who had gone to Shanghai. And I think on like some kind of Chinese exchange program in which he was studying Chinese, but he was also a great um, uh, jazz trombone player. So he had initially gone there, and then he came back, did this master class at Oberlin, which our friend, mutual friend, went to. I was at that as well. Okay, you were. Okay, you were actually. Don't, don't leave the, me out. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, there was a, there was a pre-existing connection to Shanghai. Yes. Of, and then somebody, a mutual friend of ours, Theo Croker, um, he got a gig at the House of Blues and Jazz in Shanghai. Neither of us were in the part of the, in that band in its original incarnation. I was in graduate school, and you. Were, I was a senior at Oberlin at that time. So. Yeah, and and so, but we stayed in touch with him, and he had lived. He's been. He's still there. You know, he's still living in China. Um, it's not affiliated with the House of Blues and Jazz in the U.S. It's just blatant <laughs> copy co- co- or just infringement on something. I, I don't know. They they tend to do that over there, though. That's the first great meta joke of this show. That it's called, the place is called the House of Blues and Jazz and Jazz and <laughs> and, and or China, Jazz. And yeah. Yeah. Did people come there being like thinking that they were linked like all the time? Oh, it never gets that deep. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> people come in there at last wondering. Are these two? What do these two words mean to each other? No, people come in there and foreigners stumble in there, drunk, <laughs> drunk and really excited to just drunk. gotten off an airplane in, in China <laughs> and are looking for the, I don't know. Okay, wait, looking wait, for something. Wait, 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 wait! Don't skip too far ahead. I want to okay. know. I want to hear the story about like 
<laughs> how you got the offer to go, <laughs> what, was, what was the decision-making process, and then what was it like actually stepping onto and then off of the plane? Why don't you speak, yeah. Jonathan? Please. Well, there, there, there was no, no offer made. Uh, well, <laughs> you just showed up. Yeah, not, well, not for you. <laughs> There's some awesome antagonism in the studio. Uh, it makes for great radio. No, no. Um, I so so I as Curtis failed to mention the first time. I was also at this uh, this master class that said trombonist Andy Hunter gave at mm-hmm. Oakland, and um, so I I also had this kind of idea in the back of my mind. It's like, hey, you know, that'd be kind of cool. I've never I, at this point I had never you know been outside the country before, and mm. um, the the way that you know Andy. Uh, described it in the master class was you know you you go over there and there's this uh, kind of uh, nascent uh, jazz scene that's kind of starting to really blossom um, it, it sounded like you know there there's a lot of work for musicians out there and um, I kind of kept that in the back of my mind and actually uh, my senior year uh, I took a week during uh, Christmas break and actually flew to Shanghai with one of my friends uh, just to uh, you know, kind of see what it was like. And this is actually coincided with the last week that uh, this trumpet player, Thea, was playing at the House of Blues and Jazz. So we actually, you know, met up with them and um, kind of got a nice tour of, of the city. And I, I really, you know, enjoyed my time there for the week. Um, and then after I graduated Oberlin um, that summer afterwards, I saved up enough money for, you know, a plane ticket, a one-way ticket, and uh, a couple one-way months ticket. of rent. Yeah, and uh, then just bought a one-way ticket there and... Um, so I, I had, I, I guess at the time, um, maybe two or three friends who had stuck around from uh, from that band that went over uh, during my senior year at Oakland. So I, I, I had some contacts there, and uh, I, I worked up uh, some kind of apartment thing. and um, So, yeah, I was just, you know, I, I got there. What am, am, I, am, I, am I boring you guys? No, 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 no. You just said something that made us both laugh. What, what? That you rigged up some kind of apartment thing. There was a couple qualifiers in there. What made it fall short of a traditionally accepted apartment? Okay, okay well. That's what Mike called so, it. Okay, so, okay, so, I mean, so the story, the is story is. No, it, it, it was 100% legal, as far as I know. <laughs> That's a good start. Um, uh, so I, th- th- there, there was a singer who I actually had met. She was, like, I think from Australia. Um, she was there that, that week when I visited uh, during my senior year. And um, before I actually moved out there in the summer, I sent out an email to everyone I knew in Shanghai saying, hey, I'm going to come here. Does, does anybody know of any leads on apartments? And then this girl, the singer, was like, hey, I'm actually leaving town, um, and I'm – I share an apartment with this French chick, um, and it's the, the lease was under the French girl's name, and she was like, you know, she's cool with you know some dude living with her. So I uh, that that was my my hookup, and um, was it? Okay? That's, prob- that's probably not the, the best choice of words. That 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 was the was, person who I was, was <laughs> gonna it, gonna be staying with. Was it okay? I mean, was yeah, it, yeah, it was it was fine. Okay. It was fine. Um, and so yeah, I I lived there for, I guess it was only about maybe a month and a half, and then I was actually offered. Uh, a contract to play at uh, this jazz club up in Beijing, so I actually ditched uh, that apartment. I actually, I think I had to keep paying rent for the next couple months or something. I, I took your place. Oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and you th- lived th- with the French woman. Yeah. I did. I lived yeah. with a French woman for a few months. I like yeah. it. So you go off to Beijing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was there from like October two thousand in Beijing from like October two thousand and eight to like maybe January two thousand nine. And okay. so right when I left for Beijing, that was when, you know, me and Curtis kept in touch over the summer. And then Curtis moved to Shanghai probably like a week or two before I moved to Beijing. So you passed the baton of your Shanghai apartment with the French girl, vacated yes. by the Australian singer, yes. to you, Curtis. That's exactly right, yes. And you have just shown up in Shanghai. Yeah. Talk about your decision-making process and how you ended up there. Well, I also had some mutual friends there who basically said that there's not a lot of bass players and there's a, there is a lot of work there, you know. It's I went there for the same reason that anybody goes to China these days now, and that uh, it's easier to work there. It's easier. The, there's more money there, to be honest. I mean, that's not the only reason. These are very good friends of mine who I'd gone to Oberlin with and are great musicians. Um, but you know, there are there's just more there's more gigs there at the moment for sure. And so that's all it took. What a globalized world we're in right now. Jazz musicians are traveling around the world to places like China because there's more gigs there. Yeah, this, this is not like we're gonna go to Tulsa. We're gonna go to like San Francisco. We're going to China. Tulsa. 
I mean, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just pulling it out. Are other um, are other American mu- musicians from other genres like uh, finding work out there, like uh, rock or anything? I mean, sort of, yeah, I'd say so. I I, I think so. I I don't really, I don't really know so much. I mean about that there there is a scene of foreign musicians living in shanghai which i totally did not expect though it's very much larger wow. and it's much more kind very of vibrant than a it, it is extreme one thing i like specifically about it is it's not specifically americans okay or just dominated by americans there's a lot of french musicians there there's a lot of musicians from mauritius island which i hadn't mm-hmm. even heard of until i went to china mm-hmm. um french island off the coast of, coast of africa i heard that the fishes are vicious in mauritius Go on. <laughs> Did you hear this in like first grade? <laughs> Sorry. I just, you know, there's no explanation did, for that. Did you just come up with that? Yeah, I did. Uh, Sorry. Okay. Go on. Well, no, that's about it. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, going to sh- you, you made that decision. I love the the corollary you just made. I was going to ask you about that later in the show. Very good way to skip ahead on the uh, thematic. What the, what corollary? The the, the thematic uh, structures of the show. No, the, mm. about the fact that you guys went to China the, for the same reason any young American or you know global citizen of of the workforce goes to China. They got cash and they're spending it on an industry that you're in on on stuff on stuff, yeah. including jazz, <laughs> which Correct. is a ver- some very valid stuff. Well, jazz is a, money on jazz and entertainment in general is a yeah. byproduct of people having money to spend on stuff. So when people don't have money and they're not. There's no, they don't have, when people don't have extra money to spend on stuff, I mean, music is one of the first things to get cut. In the United States, I think. If you're having a big office party, but, you know, things are a little slow this year, what's the, you know, the the (laughs) little jazz trio playing next to the shrimp cocktail is the first thing to go. That's true. Here goes my money for the week, you know? True. I hear you. And, and the DJs of the world rejoice. I, I those, those those people, man. What do you think don't, about don't, that? Don't, 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 don't get them started. Please, please, please. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's just such a scene of international DJs, especially like in Asia, too. I mean, there's American DJs and French DJs jumping on, and I guess European DJs jumping on this bandwagon as well and just kind of... Stand, getting up there with their iPads, pushing play, and commanding huge salaries to like, show up is like so and so did the Francois from France it's here to, <laughs> are, are, to, are, to, to DJ at some club. You know? it's, like, it's like who cares about this guy? Are, 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 you, are you guys aware of uh, like like the DJ magazines and like I, I had no idea. Yes, so, yes, so yes, when, when they advertise like at you know club. Babyface or something in Shanghai, <laughs> you know, it's like that's like a, that's a, that's yeah, like, like, like Pierre oh, Francois, like like <laughs> w- like world rank, like D- DJ number one, yes, yes. by DJ magazine, David but, David Guetta, yeah, well, yes, and, and there's rank like number one, but, but there's like Tiesto two, Armin van Buren three. You're talking to like a DJ junkie. <laughs> <right? laughs> yeah, I'm I not. I should have known. I no, no, you shouldn't have divulged. I love to hear the unvarnished perspective what of musicians. That's offending you horribly. No, 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 no. That's a completely valid position to have. I mean. I'm not going to sit here and argue that the musicianship that you guys just displayed is in the same category as somebody who steps up and, as you say, presses play on an iPad. I mean, it's just you're paying iPod, your, iPod <laughs> iPad. You're you're, right. you're you're paying for something different. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, you're paying for the, the light show just as much as you're paying for the music. You're right, and and this is second. This is not even the point I was making. It's more just everybody is going there, including DJs and musicians yeah. and stuff. Right. You know, because there's money for it. You Did know? you guys both fly from the DC area? I think I yeah I think I flew out of Dulles. Yeah, maybe. that would not surprise me. Th- this was back in the day when Northwestern was still an airline. I, oh, I think well, they yeah. got eaten up by another. Yeah, company. that was like oh eight oh nine. I flew out of Detroit. I think. Did you really Detroit to Shanghai? What was that flight like? Well, well um, <laughs> what airlines did you fly? How were the flights? <laughs> I had a, an ext- well, uh, well I I flew Delta. And um, a lot of times when you fly Delta, they'll put you on a connecting flight that won't actually be Delta. So a lot of times um, I flew China Eastern. Uh-huh. 
which is really not a good airline. Right. It's really terrible. I fuck with China Eastern. <laughs> Do you? Do you fuck with China Eastern? China, China, <laughs> China Western. <laughs> That's where it's at. Um, I brought a cat home with me on my flight back to Washington, <laughs> which was... A cat from China? Were, uh, they, were they happy about that at the TSA no, when they, you came back? Customs? They were not happy. Well, <laughs> I it, I'll tell you, in Detroit, customs coming from China with, with a cat was so terrible. Because they just had zero sympathy about the fact that like this is this is an airport. My cat is freaked out. No, I'm not. Gonna, I can't open the cage. But they were just like, oh, I don't care. Like you gotta. Open. So I actually had to like open it up, and they the cat went crazy and scratched me, and it was it was terrible. Oh my god. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, and I've actually got one other little tale about that. <laughs> On the flight from Detroit back to Washington, there was some guy next to me. Uh, text. I brought the cat on the board. <laughs> they on, let on you board. through. Yeah, I brought the cat on, and then I, I see the guy. We're like up close and personal. It's on like a little connecting bullshit flight from Detroit to Washington. So yeah, it's a tiny plane. Short we're, flight. Yeah, we're right. I'm right next to the guy, and I see him on his iPhone writing something, and it's like <laughs> I just can't help but I'm looking, and written on there is. Like some motherfucker just brought brought some little dog. He's like, I'm about to, <laughs> he's like, I'm about to, I'm about to have to do something. Like, that. and it's like, yo, man, you're, he's like writing all these horrible things about me. I'm, I'm like literally like five inches away from the, away from his phone. It was very, uh, let's try not. Oh my god, <laughs> what was this you, cat's you, name? Uh, it's it, my my cat. Yeah, my cat. My cur- this is the cat. Yeah, it's uh, not like some past cat. It's a Chinese. It's a Chinese name. It's called Xiaobai. Okay. Means little, little little white is what it means. It's a white cat. <laughs> little white. Yeah. You know, there's a rapper named Little White. <laughs> well, he's terrible. <laughs> I prefer to think of your cat now as, yeah. as holding the being the proper holder of that name. Oh my god. Well, he he found his cat in a the trash a outside of his apartment. Wow. So, so its English name was White Trash. Yeah, White Trash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that t- is perfect. Wait, did you give? Did, did it get shots? Yeah, I had a, I had to put a microchip in the cat. In You're order to kidding bring, me! No, a microchip in and the I, cat, and it has its own passport too. What? Yeah. What? Really? I mean, it's not like an official one. Is it's it like like a, like like a miniature one? So the cat can. <laughs> Your cat is more cultured than like sixty percent of our fellow citizens. Your cat has a passport. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, it might be sixty-five. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> wow, microchip uh, in China. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's not like. I don't think they really care about like constantly tracking the cat. But if you like wave a, a certain <laughs> wand over the cat, it'll come up with like my information and the cat's name. And it's just like a way of like them if they lose track of it, they won't like have any idea. Oh yeah, what. it's just like a Big Brother is what it is. <laughs> don't well, be, don't be fooled. All right, it's uh, yeah. My easy right. pass is Big Brother. Your cat's microchip is Big Brother. Indeed, is, this is is this Big Brother China we're talking about now? Who knows? They're all in cahoots. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist on my own show. I think it's Bo Shilai. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us about those first few gigs when you got to Shanghai. What was the first few performances like? Why don't you take it away? Okay. Um. Well, I mean, you. Uh, so, I mean, I'm trying to think of. I mean, when I was first in Shanghai, you know, you. Or just trying to get around, you know, meet people in the scene and stuff. Um, did you have the just? The, did you walk with the sax just just everywhere <laughs> you did, go? Did I walk with the saxophone everywhere? Yeah. Um, I mean, not not like outside of the case. Like okay. it looks like you're miming, but uh, no, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, would carry, <laughs> I, yeah, I would carry the case around and um, you know go to like uh, so like like the the top clubs there or top clothes but you know like, like the the ones that all the foreigners are what are they know, playing at uh so obviously the house of blues and jazz House of blues and jazz. um then there is a jay-z club J- named after uh no no affiliate it's, it's spelled the letter j and the letter z wow i think it's short for jazz i think they misspelled jazz <laughs> <laughs> and uh they didn't they the, got the, close yeah okay. yeah the, they missed the vowel that's gonna end up at a rap album I'm sure. If he goes there and sees that, he's gonna put it in. Sure. Um, and then the Cotton Club. That's uh, <laughs> really? no no affiliation. Very, to the very original. Club. There seems to be a theme here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys are. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like uh, I would just kind of. I, I think maybe I played one or two gigs. You know, just sitting in with the house bands there. You know, and the. I mean, it, you know, it was what it was. But uh, I I think probably the, the best story I can tell you. Um, the the, the way of mo- most of the foreign musicians kind of really make you know the the real money. Uh, is you play you know private events and stuff like that for um, 
you know, like different companies and stuff. And there's just like a plethora of uh, Chinese agents who just have like the giant da- databases of foreign musicians' cell phone numbers. And so you'll just get calls from people day and night. You know, is this Jonathan Parker? You play saxophone? He's like, yes. Well, are you white? Are are you white? Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, Where are another... you from? Is that legit? Is that really what well, they ask you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they specifically want Western musicians to play. Um, you know, like these functions because for some reason it's like. I, I I don't know. It, it's, it's prestigious. It's, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's like we we have a bunch of money, and um, you know, we for, let's for, make for the some, white man. Yeah, dance. we got these white kids on retainer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for the right price. I mean, there is an way. aspect of clownishness yeah. to it. There for sure. Well, and really, and the, well, yeah. the, the, this uh, this uh, gig story I'm about to tell kind of cuts to the heart of that. I'd say. Um, so so I uh, one one of both of our friends, uh, this drummer, uh, who went to Overland with us, uh, he got a phone Shout call. Shout him out. Day. Uh, Charles Foldish. Give him some shine. I mean, give him some shine, dude. <laughs> give him some dumb. Yeah, brush, yeah, brush <laughs> his shoulders off. <laughs> so Charles or Charlie, as he's known, uh, Charlie Foldish. Uh, he, we were, uh, I think, like just kind of playing music with him uh, in his apartment one day, and he gets a phone call from an agent saying, "Hey, you know, I have this three-day gig in Changsha, uh, which is kind of in central China." Um, I'd, I'd say by plane, it's about maybe a three hour plane ride inland from Shanghai. And they're all, you know, the, the agent was not very specific about what we were doing, but it was like, you know, you're playing music at this, uh, like, like beer and wine festival or something in this like big convention center. The money was really good. And, you know, we're going to fly you out. You'll be in a nice hotel for three nights and you just have to play a bunch of sets every day at this uh, convention. And we're like, okay, great. Um, and, uh, then, like the next day, I got a text from the uh, from the agent saying, "You know, like, I need your passport number." I'm like, oh, "Here you go. Can I get your, um, you know, your visa number? Here you go. Uh, and I need to know your in, uh, your costume size." And I was like, "What?" Uh, I was like, well, "What is the costume for?" And he's like, "Oh, it's for your medieval garb." <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was just like, "What the hell?" Like, um, but you know, there was, was like, no jazz in medieval times, <laughs> sir. Yes, that's what I was. That's what I told him. But you know, he did, he didn't know what yeah, I was he, talking I about. Tried it. So so I you know we all fly out there. And and we were working for this, like it was uh, like this waffle company called oh Danko Danko Waffles. D A N. You can Google search them, but they're you know they're just some like unknown Chinese waffle manufacturer. <laughs> Interesting. And, were they um, good waffles? No, it tasted like uh, yeah. it was it just like, like kind of like chemical dough. Chemical like, dough. Yeah, with, like okay. vanilla extract or yeah. something. Sounds it exciting. Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm all over it. So so <laughs> like like in, in this big convention center, you know, like all like the different wine and beer manufacturers, you know, they had this little stall set up, but then Danko waffles had this like they built a giant castle in indoors and we had to be like on the castle playing uh you know we we played whatever we wanted to play they were you know loose about that but we were all wearing like tights and these just like like these uh and you had a guitar player yeah we had we had we had a guitar player and a drummer was he just like specifically guitar yes but but they exist yeah yeah they're they're in shanghai (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're in charge well yeah well the, the most ridiculous thing because they already they had an electric keyboard player so it was like why would you need a guitar player it's the same thing but, for the show yeah yeah. So, so drama we would we would be playing you know the rhythm section would be cooking and then uh, me and the guitar player would have to go up front and we'd just be like trading trading riffs and stuff and we I, I have uh, Charlie actually has video of us good I, I don't have video I, I have photos um, but yeah we just looked so ridiculous and it was so degrading but <laughs> the money was so good I, who's gonna turn that down and awesome. free waffles as well and, yeah I'm sure you got your hands <laughs> on waffles. We, uh, free booze at least yeah we got free booze okay that was good um, but yeah I mean so that was kind of like my first experience into like okay it's not all about like I, I think sometimes we imagine you go to Shanghai and it's like, oh, we're going to be like celebrities. Like, you know, everybody loves jazz. I'm going to go play, you know, like, you know, like a John Coltrane song and people are going to be like, whoa, that was incredible. But instead you'd kind of end up, I mean, there is a little bit of that, but I'd say the majority of it is you just go to, you know, a corporate event, play, you know, Killing Me Softly or, you know. Some Roberta Flack. That's right. Yeah, the Roberta just, Flack version, not yeah. the Fuji's people. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Very good. Um, yeah, you do that, and you know, it's just in a room, and no one's really listening. But you know, the money's really good. So, but you all got you all got to play for uh, for, for Hillary Clinton, did you? Yeah, mm-hmm. we. How was that? We did. How How do you know about that? Research. Yes. Maybe. How does Research. he know about that? It, it, it was um that was during the the World Expo in Shanghai in 2010. That was a big deal. Yeah, we heard a lot of news about that over here. Yeah, I mean America. 
I mean, they were kind of a big disappointment. Yeah, I heard they were whack. Well, because they, they I forget story. exactly what the specifics were, but they didn't, I don't know if they had no funding for yeah, it. Because it, was America, public, it was a public-private partnership. Right. They, they Such just, a great allegory for America right well, now. Well, they just so totally don't give, they don't want to like expose themselves around the world. They're just like, I don't know. They don't care about their image or something. <laughs> Whereas all these other co- countries, like little little countries have these like awesome, I was playing in like the Ikea wing of like the suite of a, what is it? The Swedish. Absolutely. Either way, but we did play some event. It was some state dinner and Hillary Clinton was there and she said our names. Yeah, she gave you all a shout out. Yeah. Dope. The trio. That's pretty nice. Yeah. So we've heard, we've we've gone from the ridiculous to the sublime Mm. from playing for waffles in a medieval costume Mm. to playing for the secretary of state, Hillary Clinton. That's pretty good. So Curtis, what was the most satisfying gig? Like the best feeling that you had after you got off stage while you were in China? What was the best feeling I got after? Like the best gig, the gig that made you feel the best oh. once it was over. Um, well, certainly the last one that I had, of which it was at a hotel called the Peace Hotel, which is a, um, it's it was reopened semi-recently with the Fairmont Group of the, ho- the hotel company, of which our friend that we mentioned before, Theo Croker, was the band leader. And we've had that gig, or he he's had it for the last two years. But it's a jazz club inside of a five-star hotel, and they have zero input as far as what we play, kind of how we play it. I don't know. I've worked in hotels before, and they're often there's a food and beverage managers telling you, like, you have to go hang out in the employee cafeteria when you're not playing. Like, you've <laughs> got to be above. Literally, they sometimes have decibel meters, and they'll be like, you've got to be, like, within this decibel and this decibel. Otherwise, I don't know. You're treated very much like the help, of which this particular gig was not like that at all. I mean, we we kind of put on a show every night. They they didn't treat us poorly. I don't know. We were we got some due, some credit for what we we're doing, and like we've said like ten thousand times already. I mean, it, the money was good on the gig, which was one just one facet of goodness. And then all that because we had control over it, kind of like that, where there was very there was always good musicians on it. So it was a good, well paid, good players. How about yourself, Jonathan? Probably. Uh, it'd probably be something along the same lines. I I, I, I left Shanghai right when that Peace Hotel Curtis was talking mm-hmm. about, when that gig started. But, uh, you know, before that, there were plenty of times where um, it would be a bunch of the guys from Oberlin. Uh, you know, we'd have various groups that we'd put together. Um, I'd say I would be playing with Curtis and Theo. Um, maybe Charlie was playing drums, or we have another friend from Oberlin who's, uh, who lived out there for a while as well. He's back in New York now, but uh, his name was Alex, a mm-hmm. great drummer, um, and uh, this piano player who still lives out in Shanghai uh, by the name of, uh, what was his name, Sean Higgins. Um, and so, yeah, we'd have, you know, some sort of group put together, and, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, like a corporate event or anything. You know, we'd probably be playing like a late night mm-hmm. uh, session at, uh, the Jay Z Club, um, like on a Friday or Saturday night, and um, yeah, I mean it was uh, great. Re- uh, lo- looking back on it, it's incredible to think that um, you know in China or China or Shanghai, for that matter, of, of all places, you could walk into you know a random club and hear really uh, you know creative, interesting music being played at a very high level. I guess I think uh, a lot of people probably wouldn't expect something like that. Um, Mm. So so y'all are back now. Why why are y'all back? I think uh all of us well, I mean I, I I'll speak for myself. Um I think after uh I was there for about two years, um I think we all I keep saying we I I uh kinda just felt like, you know, two two years was good. Um and I, I you being there you uh you know, meet other musicians who might be twice your age or even older. Um, and you kind of talk to them about, you know, what they've been doing. And, you know, they, they'll say like, oh, you know, like I, I moved out here 20 years ago. I was just supposed to be here for like a three-month hotel gig, but I really liked it in Shanghai or maybe it was Hong Kong or Beijing or, you know, the guys from Japan who come over here. Um, and they just say, you know, I really kind of like the lifestyle. And, you know, I've just been doing the same thing for 20 years. And, um, you know, not to knock them or anything, but I, for, for me personally, it just didn't really seem like, you know, I, I don't want to get – stuck in a thing where I'm just kind of playing, you know, yeah. different hotel circuits in Asia for 20 years. And, um, I just thought I, I want to go to New York at some point. Why not? Why not now? Why not while you're young? Yeah. If exactly. you're going to, if you're going to play hotels in Asia for 20 years, at least write a great book about it or something. Yeah. Yes. Cause I'm sure. I don't know why someone hasn't done that. Yet. Did you keep a diary? You also did. I, I kept a blog for a while. But okay. I, uh, what'd you call it? 
What did I? I, I called it JP Shanghai Dreams, <laughs> Shanghai Confidential, Shanghai Confidential. Yeah, no, no, it was. I don't remember the title. It was stupid. You you can't find it. You you can do all the Google search you want, but it's I'm a, it's I'm, gone. I'm gonna find that joint. Curtis, yeah. how about you? <laughs> what was the question again? I'm sorry. What was your motivation? <laughs> it was like that boy. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> <laughs> what was your motivation to come home? Uh, to, to be relevant on the uh, music scene in in the United States. And like he said before, I mean, it's easy to get stuck in Asia because a lot of times people do go there for some small little reason or some small duration contract, you know, and then you might like two girlfriends and four children later, you can't leave. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, so there's a lot of, you know, it's, it's a common thing, you know, and it's not just in music. There's people that didn't intend to do that. And I don't know. But then life happens. You stay there. All the money is good. Then you meet somebody and then. And all of a sudden, it's been ten years, and what are you going to do? Go back to, go back to New York, you know, after uh, spending fifteen years in China in, like in your forties, no, and then yeah. start from scratch. I mean, who wants to do that? We definitely want to know about New York, but before we leave China completely, yeah. the lifestyle. How was it living independent of you guys being musicians, just as young guys living in Shanghai? How was that in terms of like dating, meeting friends? What do you do for fun? Like, how was it? How does it compare to living life? somewhere like D.C. or New York? Uh, there's a lot less, I'd say, rules as far... I'm, I mean, the bars are open much later. Um, there's a thriving nightlife scene there. I mean, there's tons, especially in Shanghai. It's very international. There's tons of, like, discos, and uh, even the jazz clubs are full, are just full of people. There's a lot of people that just kind of seem to have money to spend on, I don't know, partying and stuff. So, yeah. um, And, I mean, it, it probably... Uh, it probably helped for us um, as kind of a click that uh, we all went to college together and we sort of already had this rapport uh, before coming to Shanghai. And then um, I'd say for me, it sometimes kind of felt like college didn't really end for another two years. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, it's like, it's a, it's like, like a study abroad. You guys just did yeah. a two-year study abroad in Shanghai. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, w without all the four years. Four years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I, or sorry no no please oh um and i was just uh, gonna add like yeah we all uh well mo most of us lived in uh the part of town called the french concession which i guess back in the day uh france had a little section of shanghai that it kind of took for itself uh you know before for mao and all that stuff happened but um we were all kind of living in this uh kind of nice part of town it's like kind of nice architecture um that's pretty much where all the clubs are and nice restaurants and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're all within it's, – it's not like you live in Manhattan. You, you know, it's not that big. And so everybody was pretty much within walking distance. And, you know, if, if you weren't playing a certain night or something or during the day, you know, just call up your friend and be like, hey, what are you doing? It's like, well, I'm just watching TV. Come over. So, so we're yeah. at the point in the story where you guys have decided to come back from China and you come back to the U.S. We're present day now. So what's next? What's what's on the horizon? When I moved back to the states, that was, um, I mean, I've I've been here now for two years, uh, but so uh, when the, so that was like September of 2010. I moved back, and I was uh, actually with a girl that I had. She 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 was from um from the U.S., but yeah, we met in Shanghai, and we both decided to uh, move to New York uh, together, and so we were there for a year, um, and then she was Western though. Yes. Yeah. Well, she was from the U.S. I mentioned that. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Um, wasn't like I stole her from from the motherland or. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, so then uh, I decided to go to uh, graduate school. Uh, actually, where uh, Curtis went to grad school at the University of Rochester, um, the Eastman School of Music specifically. Uh. So then last year I was in Rochester. Um, finishing my first year of studies, and I will be going back uh, at the end of the summer to finish the second year. But then um, after that, I'm assuming I'll probably just go back to New York and uh, live like a bum for a little longer <laughs> until I get tired of it. So you're in Rochester now? Yes. With your lady? No. No. No, That that that's no more. That's no more. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you're, so you're single again. You're a, a swinging jazz musician. Yeah. Swinging? Single, single and ready to mingle. See what I did there? I was Sw hoping someone wouldn't say that. Yes, uh -huh. single and ready to mingle. No, yeah. I prefer my swinging. See, swing, because they swing, because they're jazz musicians. Okay, I got it. Right. I'm with you. And Curtis, <laughs> your, your immediate plans for the future? 
Um, well, I'm basically just living in New York, um, trying to integrate myself into the scene there. Awesome. So That's you're in it. Where are you at? Where are you living? In Harlem. Boom. Harlem. Harlem, NY. How's it feel? Um, it feels good. I mean, it, just being from Washington, it would be easier if I were in Washington just because I know lots of musicians here. My whole family is from here. So at first, it's, fe- it's feeling a little bit um, intimidating, I'll say. But... Ultimately, I'm very happy to be there. You know, it's it's very inspiring living there. There's so many great players and stuff like that. Uh, I just gotta find some find some work. Do you go and listen? Do you go and hear jazz in New York? Yeah, all the time. Where do you go? Uh, Smalls Jazz Jazz Club frequently. The Fat Cat, um, Village Village, village, village Vanguard. Uh, I don't know. Village Vanguard isn't that like a classic spot? Yeah, very famous place. All of these places I just mentioned are in the West Village. That's kind of like one of the main areas. Where one goes to hear jazz music. This is far away from where you live. A little bit, yeah. That's kind of another <laughs> yeah. problem. It's like when you, it takes forever on the metro to get back to 150th Street, which is where I live. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for being with us today. Absolutely. This has been great. Curtis Ossel, Jonathan Parker. JP. Straight up jazz yep. musicians in the flesh. Went to China, came brought back. Brought a cat back. Brought a cat back. I love that. That's such a, wait, what was the cat's name again? Xiaobai. Little White. Xiaobai. Little white. You're, you're misspelling. It's X I A O. Much more fun to get an X in there. Yeah. But I'll put it phonetically in there. Mm. Shall buy. Yes. <laughs> Little white. Little that makes white. me happy. Yeah. All right, beautiful. David, you got anything else you want to ask you, gentlemen? Or you want to release them back to the music? What's this next piece you're going to play for us? It's called Invitation. I don't know. I don't remember who it's by. It's a standard that jazz players play very frequently. Is there anywhere online that people can hear your music or find out more about you or, like, see where you're playing or anything? Are you on Twitter, for example? Uh, Not not Twitter. We both have websites. And they are? Uh, CurtisOssel.com. Spell it. C-U-R-T-I-S-O-S-T-L-E.com. And uh, it's Jonathan-Parker.com. J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N hyphen P-A-R-K-E-R.com. Very good. Yes. But we'll put those links up on madcapdc.org. Sweet. And again, thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> two million listeners. Two, <laughs> yeah, two, two, two million and counting. Put, uh, put up, wait uh, for the paychecks. Yeah, hey, yeah, wait for your royalty checks. <laughs> there's, no, there's no royalties. It's an honor. Thank you. You get a stipend of good vibes for being exactly. on this show. And, right. yeah. Good karma. Good vibes. Good yeah. vibes is all you need. So this is called Invitation, right? Invitation. Yep. All right. All right. I'm going to let these gentlemen get at it. Once again, this is Curtis Ossel and Jonathan Parker. Mm-hmm. 